0: my family, we don't go see the movies a lot. Uh, and I, I was, I was, we we're going to go see Oppenheimer this week, and I probably should have done a little bit more research before I, we went. Uh, first off, have you ever priced movies, like, like if you go to the Malco and go see it, it was going to be like $95 for the four of us to go see uh, that movie and IMAX. And, but so we went out, we're cheap. So we went to Pearl and, and I think it was $8 a ticket. And we went to the matinee at noon and and sat in there. And, you know, I had a lot of expectations. I had heard it was the greatest movie ever something like that. But what I wasn't prepared for is there was a lot of nudity and sex in there. And I had my daughter on one side and my son on the other. So just be warned. And, and, uh, your, your pastor should probably do better research before he goes. It was a great movie, but just be warned about all the other stuff in there. Um, I want to invite you now to to gather around God's Word. That's really the the central point of our um, gathering together on Sunday mornings. It it is the Lord's Day, and I think we make, uh, you make uh, quite a a comment to the world when you get up every Lord's Day, you come to the church, you worship, and you gather around God's Word to be fed by it. And so uh, that's what we're going to do. So let me take just a moment to review. Um, We've been reading together through Matthew's Gospel. And we've come to the 10th chapter of Matthew's Gospel. And what has happened is, is that Jesus has been moved by compassion for His people, and He's been moved specifically for the Jews, who He calls the lost sheep of Israel. And Jesus is so moved by compassion for His people that He is going to send the 12 disciples out into short-term missions. So Matthew chapter 10 is all about Jesus telling His disciples what to do on their mission, and helping these twelve disciples to understand what they will experience as they follow Jesus in the ministry uh, so before we get into new teaching today let me uh, remind you what the disciples were to do on their missions right what, what are they supposed to do Jesus sent the disciples specifically to the lost sheep of Israel to proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is at hand okay I'm going to say that again just so you hear it to proclaim that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. This was really their primary purpose. And they're also, uh, the 12 were also given charge to heal the sick and to, to raise the dead and to cast out demons. And And these miracles served kind of two purposes. On one hand, they were a great compassion for God's people in all the healing. But also these, these miracles served as kind of... Um, An authentication of their message. That you know, if if they come and they're doing these miracles, you can know that they're from God. And Jesus gives the disciples some instructions about what they should expect as they go into their short-term missions. And and he doesn't sugarcoat it. If you remember, he he wants the disciples to know the truth. And if you remember what he told them last week, he says this: "Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves." The work of proclaiming the kingdom is never safe. It's not safe here. So so look look at verse 17 with me. Just we're getting caught up here. Verse 17, beware of men for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. And now look at verse 22 also. Just we're we're getting caught up. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. This is not a safe trip that Jesus is sending the 12 disciples on. Jesus explains that when we are sent out to do missions, when we courageously proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand, it will have an effect on people. Right. Anytime you do this, us, the disciples, anyone, anytime you proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand, it's going to have a effect on people. And sometimes the lost sheep of Israel are going to repent and believe because of it. And sometimes the wolves are going to hate you because of Jesus. And this is really, it's a really a reality check for the disciples. When they preach this message that Jesus gives them, it will cost them everything. So, so here's where I get confused, and maybe you get confused too. I don't know how these health and wealth preachers who are so popular in our culture can teach us that if you just believe in Jesus, God will make you healthy, wealthy, and wise. I don't understand that message because what Jesus says is, go and proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand and then prepare for persecution. What Jesus says is, if anyone would come after me, let him pick up his cross and follow me. And just think of the imagery of that. Jesus is going to the cross to lay down his life for you and for his people. And as as Jesus passes by you, he says to you, pick up your cross and come and lay down your life also. Jesus said to his disciples, he says, the the servant is not greater than the master. They hated me. They're going to hate you also. So um, I'm going to make an assumption this morning, and my assumption is that most of you in this room would consider yourselves to be followers of Jesus. If that's not why you're here today, then that's fine. We're glad you're here to listen to what we believe. For the rest of you who consider yourself followers of Jesus, you might need to ask yourself this morning what it is that keeps you from fulfilling the call of Jesus, right? And the call of Jesus, I'm talking about specifically uh, the Great Commission, where he charges us, all of us in this room, to go and make disciples of all nations. I want to ask you what keeps you from sharing the gospel of Jesus with your friends and neighbors. And, and I, I don't mean to get you discouraged, but I, we need to be real. We need to talk about some real things this morning. The question is this. When was the last time, that you told someone else about the gospel. And, and, and some of y'all are probably like, uh, Tyson, you're, you're lucky I'm just sitting in the pew this morning, okay? You're lucky that's where I'm at. And, and if that's you, don't worry. I'm not talking to you. I am talking to those who have given their lives fully to Jesus. If that's you, if you fully love Jesus, yet for some reason you won't share the gospel of Jesus, why is that? I think I know why. I think the reason is that you're terrified. I think you're afraid of all kinds of things that might go wrong. I think you're afraid you might say something wrong or you, they, that somebody might get mad at you and they turn out to be wolves or that you might get in trouble at work. or there's, there's, You have a whole laundry list of fears of why we're not doing this. And, and these fears keep you from doing the very thing that Jesus has assigned his followers to do, which is to go and to proclaim the kingdom of God and to make disciples. And, and I think the reason for you is fear. If not, you come talk to me afterwards. Tell, tell me why else it is. Um, some of y'all think, um, you think to yourself, I don't want to be the kind of Christian, I, I don't, I don't want to be that kind of Christian, I don't want to be the kind of Christian who pushes their faith on others. Some of you think, like, I'd rather be the guy that sits in the pew with my family and never speaks to my kids about Jesus and never talks to my neighbors about Jesus and never suffers for Jesus. That's the kind of believer you want to be. However, one day you hope that when you stand before the Lord condemned, it's at that point that you want Jesus to speak up and say that you belong to him. So in other words, you don't want to speak out for Jesus, but you want Jesus to speak out for you. And that's the arrangement that some of you want. Here's where I'm going. Jesus tells the disciples about all the danger of their mission. And, and, and Jesus knows that the disciples are going to be afraid to speak. He knows that the fear is going to be in front of them, just as many of us are afraid. Our reading today is about what Jesus says to their fear And maybe it has something to say to you about your fear to speak the gospel to others. And so what I want to suggest today is that we gather around God's Word. I want to invite you to stand as we read God's Word together out of Matthew 10, beginning in the 26th verse. Before we read, uh, let's stop and pray. Father, we pray that you reveal yourself to us by your Word today, that you convict us of, of sin, that you convict us of failing to be obedient. You inspire us by your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name, and all the church said, amen. All right, let's read together uh, chapter 10, beginning in the 26th verse. So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Church, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord will stand forever. And this is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated, my friends. And let's get into this difficult text, shall we? Beginning in verse 26, let's read it again together. So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Jesus is still talking about the wolves there. The wolves are the them, right? The people who will hate the disciples because of their their mission to go and share the kingdom of heaven. Jesus says for the disciples not to fear those people that are going to hate them because of their message. And, And the reason he gives is this. Because nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be made known. It's kind of a weird logic, right? He's kind of stating like you don't have to fear the wolves because one day everything will be revealed or uncovered. And what does that mean exactly? I think that's a fair question. In the day of judgment, Christ will return and, and the world will know for sure that Jesus is Lord, right? There's going to be no doubt about that. There's going to be no debate who the Lord is on judgment day. Some of Christ's glory was hidden in his incarnation as he walked the earth. But on the day of judgment, it will not be hidden. And not only will Christ's glory be fully revealed, right? But our sin will be fully revealed also. Look look how Jesus talks about that revelation of our sin in Luke's gospel. We're going to look at Luke 12, 3. This is very important. It says this, Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and whatever you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. This is what it means to say nothing will remain covered. One day everything is going to be laid out and exposed. And, and I don't know, like on that day of judgment, it's, it's kind of terrifying to imagine everything that you have whispered in a dark room to be shouted from a rooftop. Jesus says there's something about everything being exposed on that day of judgment that should change what you fear in this world. I think it does, but more on that later. First, look with me at verse 27. This is what Jesus says, and it's kind of a, it's kind of a play on words, that, that Luke. It's, it's very different. It says this, what I tell you in the dark, say in the light. And whatever you hear whispered, Jesus saying what you hear whispered by me, proclaim on the housetops. Jesus tells his disciples, what you've know, you heard me say in private, it's fully righteous, it's fully true. I want you guys to go and tell the world what you've heard me say in the dark. And by the way, that's, that's normally not what our leaders ask us to do, is it? Normally, we, people are asking us to keep their secrets. Whatever I said in the dark, don't say it to everybody. But, but there are no secrets in Christianity. We don't have secret handshakes. We don't have secret teachings or secret rituals. You know, whenever I see a group with a lot of secrets, it, it kind of makes me nervous, to be honest with you. Instead, Jesus says, what you've you've heard me whisper in the dark, I want you to go out, I want you to go onto the housetops, and I want you to shout it. And and this, by the way, happens to be just the the way people in ancient times would make community announcements. They would go up on the roof, and they would would shout out things to people who lived in their neighborhood. And and if you think about it, it it was pretty effective because um, your neighbors at this time, they, they didn't have windows with glass on it, right? Their, their houses weren't airtight. They just had kind of holes in the wall for ventilation, and maybe a light curtain that went across them for privacy. And, and it let in all the noise from outside the house. And, and if you think about the sounds of a neighborhood back then, there was no real noise pollution from cars. And they didn't have AC units that buzzed on and buzzed off. So, so if someone got on a rooftop and began to scream out to the neighborhood, you could hear it for a long way away. So you'd go out onto the roof, and you'd make community announcements. And oftentimes, the rabbis would preach from their rooftops. And the higher the roof, the better, the better the sound would travel. So I want you to put all this together. Jesus says, don't be afraid of the wolves, because everything's going to be revealed. So what I tell you in the dark, go and shout it from the rooftops. And Jesus is talking about the gospel. He's talking about shouting the gospel boldly. Even though you're surrounded by wolves. Even though he just told his disciples to expect to be flogged, just a few verses earlier, expect to be flogged in the synagogues, however, don't fear the wolves. Instead, what what Jesus is going to teach is what the disciples should fear, right? Look with me at verse 28. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Okay, the logic is very, very simple. All the wolves can do to you is tear up your body. And your body is temporary. Your body is it, it's perishing right now as we speak, as we sit here. Your body is not gonna last forever. And at, at every grave site we go to, we, we have this thing, we, we say, we say something like ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Y'all have heard that before, right? It's this idea that God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground, right? And that one day your bodies will return to that dust. But our souls, now, that's a different story. The soul has an immortal substance. The soul does not die when the body dies. The soul leaves the body and either goes to heaven or it goes to hell dependent on your righteousness in Christ. And and when that happens, life on this earth is going to feel like a fleeting memory. Even if you had 90 years uh, in your earthly body, it's going to feel like like an hour when you compare to the earth, your earthly life to eternity. Jesus himself is eternal, so he knows this. And so he's given the advice, he says, what men should fear is the one who can destroy the body and soul in hell. So here's the question. Who is that, by the way? Who destroys the soul in hell? Well, here's a hint. It's not the devil. The devil is not the God of hell. The devil is not in charge of hell. Hell is a place where God pours out his wrath upon sin. The point is, do not fear men. Instead, have a healthy fear of the Lord. Because one day, everything is going to be uncovered, and every whisper is going to be shouted from the rooftop, and on that day, you will care less what the wolves did to your body, and you will be so glad that you boldly proclaim the kingdom from the rooftop. If fear is what keeps you from sharing the gospel with your neighbors, then you do not fear the right thing. I'm not saying that you are gonna be that you're gonna to go to hell if you don't share the gospel with your neighbor. That's not what I'm saying. But the reality is, if you don't share the gospel, your neighbor might end up going to hell. And the truth is that should terrify and bother you. I can remember a certain time in my life when I thought I, I, I thought I'd gotten so wise. I said to someone, I remember I was talking about how, how to preach the gospel. I said, I want people to fall in love with the compassion of Jesus. I, I don't think it's good. I don't want to preach about hell and the fear of God anymore. And I, I, was, in my, uh, I was in my cute 30-year-old know-it-all phase. I, you, you remember those days? That's, what, that's where I was. And, and that's really what I thought. And, and I think now that that's a foolish idea. And here's why I think that's a foolish idea. First, um, my job is to stay out of the way of Scripture. You understand that? Like, like I'm, not a, I'm not a cook. I'm a server. I, I, don't, I don't make things up. I, I bring what is already prepared and, and deliver it to you. It's, my job is to stay out of the way. And Jesus says, you need a proper fear of God. And we live in a world that's soft. Like, like it's, it is so soft right now. And, and, and we're, to tell someone that you should fear God, it hurts their feelings. But it is deemed true by the word of God. God is not a vindictive monster out to get you, but God is God. And God is the, hear this, the just judge of all men. The just judge of all men. He will uncover all things. And when he does, God will bring justice. And so, if you happen to find yourself this morning to be a sinner, and you are, You should walk with a healthy fear of the justice of God. In fact, Scripture goes as far as to say the fear of God is the beginning of what? Wisdom. If you don't have a healthy fear of the justice of God, you can't even begin to be wise. Jesus, what he's doing here is he's offering wisdom to his disciples. He's saying, don't fear men, fear the Lord, and boldly proclaim the kingdom. We're going to read together verses 29 through 31. This is an interesting section here. Read with me. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. It's a great Great, great, section here. Let's let's let's, let's examine it. Uh, the, the sparrow, it was. It's kind of actually kind of not a specific bird, but more of a generic term. It was it was a generic term for a small bird, right? And you could go to the market in Jesus's time, and you could buy uh, two of these sparrows for one penny. Now, um, if you're if you're asking me if it was an American penny, no, it was just the smallest coin of the day. The idea was that these birds were were cheap and you could get two sparrows for the most worthless coin. Uh, And and the way that they use these sparrows, what they used them for is they were basically appetizers. That's what they use a sparrow for in these days. They they, they roasted the sparrows and, and served it like a chicken wing. You know, think about it. So, so really what we're talking about here is, is cheap chicken wings. That's what the Bible has got for you here. Here's the logic. It, it's, a, it's a supply and demand logic. It's what I want you to understand. These birds are everywhere. And these birds, they're, they're economically cheap. Um, and still, the point that's being made here, and still, despite how many they are, not even one of these sparrows can fall to the ground apart from the will of God. So, so this is a statement of God's sovereignty. Do you understand that word? Because that is a, such an important word uh, in, in Scripture, that, that, that God controls all things, that he holds all things together, that nothing happens that's outside of his will. God holds the atoms of the universe together. If a bird falls to the ground, that bird falls to the ground because it's God's will for that bird to fall to the ground God's sovereignty. That's part of the the argument that Jesus is making as he sends the disciples out. He's like, your God is sovereign. And more than than just sovereignty, God also has a great care for us. His care for us is such that he has has numbered the very hairs of our head. Did you know that the average person has 100,000 hairs on their head? 100,000. And as I look out upon this room, some of you are really lowering that average. <laughs> Some of you are really bringing it down. 100,000 hairs on your head. Rick Tice has three, right? <laughs> the point is, God cares uh, for the little birds. He's taken times to number all three of Rick's hairs. Do you know that you are more valuable? He says, He says, than many sparrows. All right, context, context, context. Remember, why Jesus is saying all this? It's because he doesn't want the disciples to fear the wolves. And, and, and it, here's what's interesting. Because what we want, I think, I think what we want is just to promise us that nothing bad will happen to us. And it's not what he does. Right? He guarantees them that there's going to be flogging, that they're going to be drawn before the court. It's not that he tells them nothing bad will happen. The promise is that they will never find themselves in a situation where God's grace will not sustain them. They're never going to find themselves in a situation where they're outside of God's sovereignty to control whether birds hit the ground. And I don't know who needs to hear this this morning, but that is good news, that you will never find yourself outside the sovereign hand of God. The, The disciples are being sent out among the wolves to proclaim the kingdom of God, and Jesus does not want them to fear those men. Jesus wants them to know that nothing can happen to them that is outside of God's will. So don't be afraid to boldly proclaim the gospel. But it may just be that God's will is that you get flogged. But maybe that flogging is God's will for your sanctification. Let's end with verses 32 and 33 this morning. Read it together. So everyone who acknowledges me before men... I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. So this is a relatively simple concept. Don't overthink it. Jesus tells his disciples that if they will go, sending them out to the the lost sheep of Israel, to to the Jews, if they will go and acknowledge the lordship of Jesus before them and proclaim the kingdom of heaven, then Jesus will acknowledge his disciples before the Father who is in heaven. But if they become so overcome with fear that they deny Jesus before men, in that case, Jesus says what? That he will deny them before his Father who is in heaven. It's a somewhat of a scary verse. I told you earlier today that the reason I believe many of you don't declare the kingdom of heaven to others is because of your fear. I think it's fair for you to know that that Jesus tells the disciples that if, if fear leads you to, de- to deny Jesus before men, that Jesus will deny them before the Father in heaven. So, so hear this. It is, it is my strong belief and conviction that Jesus is sending us out in the same way that he sent out his disciples. I believe that in the Great Commission, Jesus tells his disciples to go and make disciples disciples of all nations, right? Not converts. Don't go make converts. Don't go make Christians or believers. But he tells them to go and make disciples of all nations. That's supposed to be us. We're supposed to be the disciples that were made of all nations. And he wants those new disciples to go and make disciples. And I think the work of the Holy Spirit in you is a sending work where you are sent into the world out of God's great compassion for those who are lost. And you're called and you are commanded to share the gospel. See, this is what the church is about. And if you read the book of Acts, this is what the entire book of Acts is about. It's about an explosion of disciple making where people who are filled by God's Holy Spirit go out to the sheep and wolves. And they preach the gospel in the book of Acts, if you remember it, with a reckless abandonment. Because they trust in the goodness and the sovereignty of God. And, and friends, I just, I'm going to get fired up. I am, I'm tired of looking around at the American church. And seeing comfortable, lukewarm cowards. People who put their faith in Jesus to acknowledge them before the Father. While at the same time they are denying Jesus before men. And it hasn't always been that way. The Apostle Paul wrote Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. He wrote them all when he was in prison for preaching the gospel. John Bunyan Wrote Pilgrim's Progress from Prison. He was arrested in 1661 for preaching the gospel. His wife was pregnant at the time, by the way. They had four other children, one of whom was blind. And, and Bunyan was warned don't preach the gospel or else. And he said he almost stopped because he was worried about who would take care of his wife and children, who would care for his family when he was in prison. But he said he knew he had to preach the gospel anyway, even in the midst of the wolves. And he was arrested, and he was thrown in prison for 12 years, and he couldn't care for his family. And and his wife miscarried that baby that was in her womb, and it was only by the compassion of other Christians that, that they took care of Bunyan's family. And it was in prison that he wrote Pilgrim's Progress. It hasn't always been that way. The church hasn't always been full of cowards. At the heart of today's text, we have Jesus telling his disciples to to be bold. Be courageous and stand in there and proclaim the kingdom. And when the wolves come, don't blink and don't fear hold the line. And shout the gospel from the rooftops. Because this world is temporary and all things will be uncovered. If you're afraid... Be reminded of the justice of God. Be reminded that he is the one that holds all things together and he cares for you enough to number the hairs on your head and nothing can happen to you except for that which God allows. And God will not allow anything that he will not use for your sanctification. This has been Matthew 10, 26 through 33. Thanks be to God for his holy word. Let's pray together. Father, I um, stand before you um, speaking on behalf of the saints at Lakeside, and um, we want to repent corporately together of the ways in which we have failed to speak as those who have been sent. Forgive us, Lord. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Make it very clear to us where we are to go and speak. Bring people's names to our mind. Bring opportunities before us. When those opportunities arrive, fill us with boldness, even though they may be wolves, that we would proclaim that which the disciples proclaimed, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus is Lord. We pray all this for your glory, Christ. And the church said, Amen.